0: Time to set foot inside the morgue with your hosts, Lee, Carl, and Rob. Tonight's film is Beats uh, 2019, um, but before we get going on that, we'll just have a little catch up with everyone and see where anything interesting we've been watching. Uh, um, obviously not everything because it's been a few weeks, but we'll, we'll start off with um, uh, Lee. What have you been up to the last
1: Not a lot of films, really. Uh, Mainly TV. I've been getting finally getting into that Last Kingdom. I don't know if you've heard about it. It's like a Viking. It's a show about the Vikings, the Danes invading. There's four series of it. It's on uh, Netflix, and it's pretty engrossing. I'm only about six episodes into the first series, but what's the
0: guy's name? Utrecht. Utrecht.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's quite uh, yeah, sort of game Game of Thrones with even more blood. I think really isn't it? Yeah. Um, And uh, also Informer on Prime, which is. I'm a bit hesitant to to recommend a one series uh you know show, but it's it's so good that I'd recommend it I and mean, hopefully they'll come back for another series, but it's about a british asian guy who who kind of gets in trouble with the police for a misdemeanor and then he's sort of forced into becoming an informant forced into becoming a snitch and the the police don't really care for his safety and he's been put in these situations and it starts to affect his his family and uh, yeah, that's well worth a watch on Prime. It's easily it's done. Cool. That
0: I've, I've I've been in that life. Yeah, it's
2: Rob, that film ID was based on your life, wasn't it? Do you remember ID about the uh, the copper <laughs> who went uh, under uh, undercover into the football, kind of football oh, yeah. world, and uh, that yeah, sounds very up. very similar indeed. Um, I love
0: playing, those cute
2: looking about the films. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Carl, how about yourself? What have, you, what have you been up to? Um, well, in in the exact opposite of Lee's situation, I've been watching zero TV, and I've just I've watched the odd film where I've had a couple of hours to spare. Um, a bit of an odd collection of films, really. I, I watched um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 1990. Uh, (laughs) Um, which actually holds up pretty well i remember it being kind of okay when i first saw it years ago it was like it was a big thing um i remember it was everyone was excited about it coming out um the year it came out um it was like the big cinema hit of that year but yes it wasn't too bad at all quite enjoyed that um Mm. i watched um an old charles bronson film from the 80s called murphy's law uh, which I've also got on Blu-ray, which was uh, lots and lots of fun. A um, bit of cheesy, cheesy 80s action, uh, canon style. And then I, I think the weirdest film I've seen um, lately is uh, at the weekend. I watched Exorcist 2, um, which is the really, really strange, strange, weird, um, big Hollywood mega budget sequel to, uh, you know, the uh, The Exorcist from 1973 that um, Exorcist 1 was filmed almost like a documentary, you know, it's really kind of raw and uh, um, you know, most of the, a lot of the horror actually comes from the things that they subject the girl to in the, uh, you know, in the hospital um, oh, or what happens to her yeah, at the, at yeah. the devil's hands yeah. or whatever's possessing her. But Exorcist 2, it's just like, goodness me there's, there's almost too much in there. It never really feels like a sequel to the first film, although it is um, and I came out of the film not knowing if I liked it or if I didn't like it. I didn't know what happened at the end. It was just weird. Uh, I, I would definitely recommend just going watching it. And, it, you know, it's entertaining. But, goodness me, what a strange, strange film. I, I had no idea. And to think... Were you,
0: that, um, um, were you watching this in light of a... There's an exorcist remake coming, isn't there? Or do you um, the I, exorcist? I believe theory? there is. Yeah, I, yeah, and
2: I only learnt about it because the director of the original said... Um, he kind of put a statement out on Twitter, William Friedkin saying that there's a rumor that I have, that I'm executive producing this. I just like to put that rumor to bed. There's no, there's no way I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm involved with this at all. <laughs> so I'm not yeah. sure if I'm looking forward to it, but I, I did watch the exorcist again a few weeks ago. Uh, Cause I have that on DVD and I thought, well, I'll have a look at the second one now. Cause I've, I've had it in my collection for a little while. And I've just not, not looked at it. Um, and yeah, what a, what a strange film. I mean, it's got a Morricone score. And it's got Richard Burton in it, so I thought, how bad can it be? And I, I'm not. Sh- it's really weird. I can't tell you if it's bad or not. It's my memory's really gone
0: a bit. My memory's gone a bit. Can you remind me that great line? Your mother um, sucks spoiled sweets in hell.
2: Or somebody's that the line. That's the one. Um, I think it's Uncle Joe's mint balls um, in hell. And, um, yeah, very controversial line there. That was that was Exodus no. one. Anyway, there's nothing like that in Exodus two. It's funny. Exodus no. two doesn't even have. An exorcism in it, uh, either, yeah. and it never explains why its side title is the heretic. There's just so much, mind. so many questions. You can't you come away with more questions uh, after having watched it. Weird. Recommended. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, myself, I've, uh, I've been. Um,
0: I've, you know, funny you should mention sequels because I've been going through um, catch up with sequels. I uh, I watched um, Teen Wolf with my son recently and then um i made a promise to him that you know he, he's like me he likes to finish off series and he, so i promised him i'd watch team wolf 2 which i wouldn't recommend it's it's so weird it's, it's basically like a really cheap um rehash version of team wolf but instead of basketball it's boxing and and it's 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 almost identical the storyline just like he gets the the wolf power and he rejects it and then he embraces it and then he gets arrogant and he starts fancying the girl he shouldn't fancy instead of the girl he should be with and it's it's almost you know completely the same beats as the first film but not without the same charismatic lead So no michael j fox and uh um, and they've recast people in it as well so there's like the same characters in the first film there's a there's a guy in it called Styles who's like the uh, the fix and he's like the trendy guy you want to be mates with and it's they've recast this really weird guy with a big mullet in the second <laughs> one <laughs> which doesn't work so that was one one I watched which I'm I'm not sure for nostalgia's sake you may want to watch it I also watched um every single Mighty Ducks film. I don't know if you've ever seen them. Um, Mighty Ducks one, two, and three. I didn't watch them in order, like, or I didn't watch them, you know, sit down and like have a Mighty Ducks evening, but um, the reason why I did that is because um, there's a Mighty Ducks TV series coming with Emilo uh, Estevez, and um, hopefully he'll be in it more than he's in Mighty Ducks 3, because if you watch Mighty Ducks 3, he disappears after five minutes, and then he comes, <laughs> back, after an,
2: he comes back after an hour. <laughs> Do you think the, My, the Mighty Ducks franchise is look is hoping for a bit of a, a Cobra Kai style kind of resurrection via TV? Uh,
0: I've read, apparently it's, yeah, they're completely going for the same market as Cobra Kai. Um, right. I mean, the other thing is Mighty Ducks was a bit later, wasn't it? It was like 90s. Um, so yeah. you've got like, you've got Joshua Jackson and everyone knows as Pacey from Dawson's Creek in it. And he's like, he was a big draw as well. So you have quite a lot of young cast in who went on to bigger and better things but and it's a disney plus thing as well so i think they're really hoping on it and outside of that tv wise i'm watching a. it's a good series but it's quite depressing uh your honor with brian cranston um i think everyone's raving about it it's uh about a judge's son who accidentally hits and runs and kills a mobster's um son uh um, and he, he drives away from the scene and it's all the unraveling of trying to cover up that crime with the gang with the mobsters on your tail so it's got almost like beats of breaking bad as well because you've got a decent guy who's trying to do the right thing but it's all going wrong and um it's good it's just it's kind of relentless in the sense that every episode gets a bit more depressing so, <laughs> and the the action sequences are amazing, in it? And it's very tense, but it's not an easy watch. It's not one of those, like, you know, you've had a long day at work and uh, I'll come home and watch an episode of Your Honour. It's definitely not that. So, um, but yeah, I recommend, I, I would recommend it. It's a good one. So we'll get started on tonight's uh, film. Um, so it's Beats, now this was my choice. So uh, if anyone doesn't like it, you can blame me. Um, I chose it because, like... Um, Maybe it was like pining for something. And I, and, and I knew the film was set around the time that us lot as friends that going out a lot. And it was about the rave scene, which I've always been interested in, but I never really joined in myself. So uh, I'll get straight into it. So Beats is a Brian Welsh's story of two teenagers, Jono and Spanner, one of my favorite names in the film, Spanner. In, and it's set in Scotland uh, in uh, around 1994. And they love the one thing they have as Bond as friends, they love music and the rave culture. And the idea is is that, uh, you know, they listen to this little radio station which pumps out this music and they have their little, and it even starts this way the film with just this explosion of dancing in the bedroom. And I can, you know, relate to that a little bit. And they listen to their music and they are still quite naive in the whole scene. They want to obviously embrace it, but you, you get the feeling of never. They've never been to one. You, you know that's the case. Now, the film set around the time that rave culture was banned in the UK. There was a, a law for anyone in to listen to this, called the Criminal Justice and Public Order Act. And this pretty much stated that um, the banning of gatherings, where you listen to repetitive beats, which basically banning rave, and this quote is thrown at you over and over again. So it's basically controlled. It's almost like a Footloose-type world, which is what we lived in in the UK. So they banned uh, the gathering of raves and illegal raves. Now, um, John and Spanner, they're following a local DJ who's basically, he's in the background all the way through, which is quite a clever little device use in the film. And he's fueling the rebellion because he's drawing together, he's he's encouraging everyone to screw this law that's coming and congregate for a big rave that's going to happen. And you have to listen to the station, and the station's always in the background. Now, John and spanner uh, they've been pals for life, and Spanner is the uh, friend that uh, you don't want to have, um, basically, you know, some parents, because John is more the nice kid, nice, gentle, but strangely strange and insecure, and Spanner is the one who comes from the rough side of the tracks. Uh, he's got no parental supervision. He's got a horrible older brother called Fido, and there's some horrible scenes, early scenes in that, where you get that relationship that... Um, especially with the breakfast cereal what fidel does to John spanner's uh, is truly startling and it's true bullying and you you understand why spanner even though he on the outside appears confident why he's drawn to jono because it's there is a chance to break away from this horrible life that he has at home um spanner, spanner basically um Things get worse for Jono, though, because John o, all Jono's got in his life is basically that he's got, he's got his mother and he's got a new stepdad, or well, a virgin stepdad on the scene, who comes into the picture, he's a policeman. So um, this policeman, of course, is also siding with the mother to tell John o to not hang around with Spanner, he's on the wrong side of the tracks, he'll bring you down and the the family are planning to move well this new burgeoning family they're planning to move to the suburbs it's almost like an idealistic escape something that spanner will never have a chance at and it's it's so it's almost it's the summer for the it's their last summer as friends really because you get the feeling that once they apart um they'll never come again because there'll be no common ground for them and they won't meet up again and so they're embracing their friendship as well as the music. So um, Spanner, um, risking his own life, and you know what this is, this is serious, as that he steals money from his drug-dealing brother and he takes Jono and encourages Jono to, uh, to ditch his job and come with him to uh, this rave, which they find out about, where they risk getting busted by cops, uh, taking drugs and... That one last chance, that one last, and everyone else that moment you can remember that huge blast where nothing else mattered but the music and the time. And uh, I don't want to. I don't. I didn't really want tonight. Want to you know go into every single detail of like what happens there. But I will say before we get going into us, lot talking about it, that the rave sequence and the scene is is worth the build up. It's one of the um, you know. And I've read you know the authenticity. of it, I've read it, and they spent ages trying to film this scene it works so well and they take you on this trip. And, um, obviously now that we can't social social distance and everything, it makes you really jealous of those times that you could just be together. And you see these thousands of people crammed into this little warehouse, in this middle of this field and having the time of their lives. And it gets totally misinterpreted by the police in the film, um, which is, you know, and it's very relevant even now, the film that's, uh, but um, I'll go straight to one of you guys, because I'll, I'll put it out there straight away. I absolutely loved it. Um, I mean, I will I will let you know that the film is completely in black and white, and the only colour which comes in the film, is little seeps of it during the rave scene, and the little red light on the radio, because the radio is almost like their escape from their drudgy life. Um, but, yeah, it's, I would it, it was a great film. I really enjoyed it. It's funny in parts, but also quite moving, so... Um, so, Carl, what do you think then? Early thoughts of the
2: film. So um, yeah, I'm I'm normally a bit um, not reticent, but I'm, I'm I'm always a bit wary of kind of British films because they they can, I guess, like any country cinema, really, they can always be done really badly or not so interestingly. Um, but I, yeah, I, I liked the approach of this film from the off. I like the fact that it was set in Scotland. Um, it's a co-production of uh, BBC Scotland and the BFI, actually. Which mm. I thought straight away that that's probably a, a goodish sign. Um, yeah, and I I I, um, I I I like the black and white photography. I like the kind of the the rawness of it. It kind of doesn't. The film doesn't spiral off into like the the real you know the really kind of deep depravity of something like Train Spotting or um, the Acid yes, House, yeah. which came out. Which uh, you know the f- films that I watched back in the nineties and. I'm, I guess I'm a bit of a prude with things like that. They, the films like that just didn't appeal to me. While this this film does have some unpleasantness, um, and like you said at the beginning, in the scenes with with, with John's brother, falling. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it kind of, for the most part, it kind of keeps away. Although I thought the film did have kind of like all the way through it, like an underlying sense of kind of danger uh, and threat. Which kind of keeps things bubbling along, you know. You kind of want to see what's coming next, where, where you know, where the next stop on the on the journey is. Um, and I thought the um, uh, it's it's very interesting that it's that it's set in 1994 because, of course, the communication. Today, you'd be on Twitter and you'd, you know, you'd ring yeah, people media, on their mobile yeah. phones. It's all radios, it's all pre internet, all social media. There's this, you know, there's an important scene in the public phone box where, um, where Jono ring, rings into, uh, sorry, not Johnno where Spanner rings into Jono's work oh, and tells hilarious. him he's died. Right. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> very, very good. I like that bit a lot. Um, but it, you know, again, it's just a clever little scene. It just says, right, it's this is 1994, and it, it kind of feels like that way you know and, mm. and I think it does convey the the kind of the energy of that you know those times when you're kind of in your mid to late teens and you're starting to think about you know uh, going exploring new social situations and you know going to go to clubs and going and meeting people and and all the rest of that it really captured that really well I kind of felt like I, was yeah, on, yeah. I felt like I was on a night out with these characters um yeah this
0: uh, is this, um, this, uh, also there's that awareness even at that age and, and this is what they get really well that finite nature of it all, isn't it? You know, oh, the, yeah. Yeah. The Spunner puts his life on the line for that night out. And it's, I can remember, you know, not not all the time, you know, but I can yeah. remember wanting nights out so badly at that time. It's everything, that it's everything to him, in. isn't yeah. it? And although
2: yeah. although Jono doesn't realise it straight away, um, I think ends up being kind of, you know, it's obviously a key moment for him as well later on. He doesn't probably doesn't think so at yeah. first. But yes, yeah, Spanner is, you know, it's a phrase. Mad for it, he, you know, he 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 really wants it, doesn't he?
0: It's it's brilliant. It's, even the looks of them, isn't it? Like, Spanner's got um, a really severe haircut, has not it? It's all shaven up, and uh, um, he just doesn't fit with, especially the Brian Ferguson character, the um, the new stepdad on the scene. He doesn't fit into that world. No, he he's, doesn't. He's just. He's described as scum uh, when he's hiding in his friend's bedroom. And the mother says he's scum, which is, you know, it, it's that kind of. Like, I know she's trying to protect us, but it's so dismissive and cruel, isn't it? Yeah. And and it's yeah it's it's, it's good. But so Lee, what do you think? Early thoughts.
1: Well, I think you guys have covered quite yeah. a lot of it, um, but I like the fact that it didn't go down the cliched uh, drugs route of somebody dying. I, I was kind of expecting well, yeah, to no. die in the club, and it, to be really <laughs> exactly. like a really honest. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Which was great that they didn't go down that road. It's actually quite a sweet story about friendship, isn't it? And coming of mm. age story. Uh, I like the, the the black and white. I, I believe the director said he, he used that to create a, a sense of this is a, a fading memory. You know, yeah, maybe the color the color is where the things that they remember the best, the music and everything. Um, and the trippy club scene you mentioned, Rob, that was excellent. That re- reminded me of enter the void. I don't know if you've seen that 2009. No, I've seen that. It, uh, uh, it's list. about a drug dealer who, um, I can't really talk about the movie without ruining it really, but it's about a drug dealer who's kind of experiencing a, a trippy state and they do a lot of video uh, visuals just like this film, you know? So it's kind of quite similar. It's quite a good film. I recommend it. Um, and there's quite a good, quite a lot of moments of humour, isn't there? I had me laughing all the yeah. bit in the car with the the guy on acid, where he's uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. can yeah. anybody drive this car, and he's everybody's just yeah, Jono,
0: yeah, yeah Jono has uh, to drive. Jono, yeah. Jono, who's basically had like a couple of lessons in a car park, has to drive on a motorway, and even though you know. Again, it's like so many things and maybe it's a personal thing. I just related so many things to my own. Like I remember the first time going on the motorway, yeah. I was with work and I'd only just passed my test the day before and my supervisor just said, Just drive us back and I can you know, obviously it's not John o, like driving a bunch of acid <laughs> a bunch of people tripping no, but... out tripping <laughs> off the heads, but well, can he you imagine those memories?
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, Rob, Rob Lee. Can you imagine the prospect of having like had a couple of driving lessons back in whenever it was for me? It was probably like nineteen ninety five. You're breaking. I'm saying, right? You've got to drive us home. And I remember, I remember doing this once. I remember, um, for some reason, we we couldn't find we couldn't find my little my little brother. He'd he'd been doing some sporting event, and we didn't know if we'd. uh, you know, if he's getting picked up by someone else or anyway, we, we kind of lost him. So I, I ended up kind of driving out in my dad's van after <laughs> I hadn't quite got my license at this point. And I was, I was on my own. I was like, but, uh, you know, it's it's a terrifying, I really relate to this, like, like you said, Lee, because it's just a terrifying prospect, isn't it? And you really feel his kind of fear and agitation, but he knows he's the only one who can do it. <laughs> really, really good. I liked it. It's like Lee said,
0: it's it, the sweet side of the film. It's because Spanner believes in him so much, doesn't it? Because Jono John is really um, quite, you know, he's quite a sad character, isn't he? He holds down this little Saturday mm-hmm. job and he kind of hides away and wilts away. And you get the feeling that these stories, these um, conversations between the two friends about basically Spanner has saved him a few times at the school. And you get the feeling he's been bullied and everything. And, and the mm-hmm. only person who believes in him is Spanner. To the point, you know, like you can do this, you can drive, you can take us there, you can do it, and um, they totally trust each other, don't they? And it's and yeah. it's and it's tender moments, but it's completely not done in a you know like a you know a homosexual way or anything. It's a bit where they they both lie next to each other in bed, don't they? And it's completely, yeah, it's quite. Quite it's
1: sweet and touching. Yeah, that's quite near the end, isn't it? But uh, yeah, and, al- and also the the is the, com- the the bit you mentioned uh, the bit where he's uh, he, he tells his boss that he's, he's dead that Jono's dead circle, and, then, yeah. and then he gets the flowers <laughs> delivered to the house. Uh, <laughs> and they're laughing too, and that mm-hmm. kind of humour mixed with tragedy and some dark subjects reminded me of a uh, Shaw Meadows. Um, you know, oh, like, yeah, this is England. I yeah. You know, oh, shame, like, yeah, you know, quite yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, the the, grain, the uh, grittiness of uh, of that kind of stuff, and um yeah, and the music was fantastic. I was humming Prodigy songs for the rest of the, <laughs> world, the, the next three That's days. It. The the earworms aren't they? Yeah,
0: so. I have to say, I mean, I read some feedback on that because a lot of the, the film won quite a few awards and it was praised a lot for its music choice. But the real hardcore ravers were saying they didn't, you know, they didn't take it as far as it could have gone. You know, they 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 said they, they nailed it with like the whole scene. But the um, you know, playing more commercial stuff is for people like, I suppose, me and you. Like, uh, you know, the, tr- the tracks that we
2: recognise. I mean, makes to, sense. to me, the music sounded pretty pretty hardcore. I don't know. It's um, although obviously, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't really in, in involved in that scene at yeah. all. Um, but to it me, it's more it the commercial bad. end of it. Yeah. Yeah. the The other thing was, I was yeah. I was thinking about dates because this is this film set in 1994, mm. and for some reason, yeah. my my brain has it that the the rave scene in the uk was kind of a bit earlier it's like about 91 it or 92 was, yeah. i don't i didn't yeah. know what you think it, about that it
1: was probably 91 yeah yeah i'm um, yeah. just gonna say do, do you remember um, them talking about this act at the time because the only memory yeah. i've got i think of first hearing about it was in the 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 booklet for the prodigies uh jilted generation that came out in 94 and they had a oh, little verse right? in there talking about talking about the act and, and its impact on the scene. So, yeah, that was the first time I remember hearing about it. Because really. I probably didn't, I probably didn't watch the news back then. Really, when I was when I was a kid. No, I don't
2: think it's, I um, did. Really, I wasn't even aware of it. I don't <laughs> think. Yeah. yeah, it's
0: basically. I mean, the idea of state control over, and the fact is, the included music in it. That's why they took it too far, isn't it? If, they, if it had been about gatherings, illegal gatherings, but the fact is, they put in the lines about repetitive beats means they were in it's almost like the you know going back to the um the 50s and the 60s you know with rock and roll being the devil's music it's mm. that archaic and that um I, I love that and the fact is that you know it's still in living memory But It's just quite recent they
1: believe they were every bit as 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 ruthless as that as well they would just release the dogs probably even more so they just just send the dogs on them and, and let them sort it out there is,
0: the rave scene, which is like, you are, you know, like Carl said it earlier, you, you are with them, aren't you? You are with them on that night out. And when it's going really well, and, and it's just everyone's really blissed out, aren't they? And there's lots of, you know, and even the film is like loads of like, you know, um, almost like uh, uh, sequences of like flowers opening and closing and lots of images on the walls being projected. And then when the police arrive, they totally shatter the whole dream, don't yeah. Um, yeah, well, they? There's like, two uh, things
2: happen there, isn't there? Because the police arrive, but also they're being pursued by by Spanner's brother and he's kind of, they're, they're basically gangsters, aren't they? They're kind of a bunch yeah. of criminals. So they're kind of on their tail as well and they kind of converge onto the rave at the same time after the, you know, the fantastic kind of um, lengthy rave sequence. Um and the um I I, I read I've I've never I have to say I've never partaken in this but um one one theory I read once is that the the drug E which uh, was yeah. you know utilised at these these roads because it provided a sense of kind of euphoria you know it's not like alcohol where you know if you get too many uh, blokes together <laughs> in, in in a confined space they'll start fighting e is a bit it was kind of provided like a sense of euphoria now i'm not a drug expert or anything yeah. here but one theory i read is that because of this because of the feelings that this drug provided and of course it was tragic as well i think it, it probably you know claimed it claimed a few people's lives as well but the, the, mm. the kind of the state of euphoria meant that these things normally passed without kind of incident unless the police were involved of course I, I don't know how true that is or not but it, it's no I mean I, is- I, I've heard that because you know it was clamped down upon because of the state of euphoria that it kind of produced rather than you know alcohol which is you know we'll, we'll get we'll get all the uh all the hoity-toity um you know the no the, the not the hoity the, the hoi polloi uh kind of fighting with each other you know like kind of the divide and conquer idea whereas the euphoria is like oh let's let's all come together and uh, well, a, join up, you know.
0: Well, on a, pure, a purely, cons- you know, conspiracy, you know, conspiracies theory type idea, you can suggest that it's something that the state couldn't control. They couldn't charge it. You know, they, were, they, they economically, um, these raves could just be set up in a car park or a warehouse. They couldn't, yeah. um, they couldn't package it. They couldn't sell it. They couldn't control it. And, and the death bit, you know, we're quite, you know, I'm sure the deaths from alcoholism far through the roof compared to oh, from ecstasy. Because sure. ecstasy, if, if most of the deaths that occurred were from dehydration and overheating. Every death of ecstasy
1: yeah. makes the news where where people mm. dying of alcohol doesn't make the news. So yeah, the, the, comparatively, I think they said it's, it's safer than horse riding. I think there's a guy who was like a sort of the... The, the chief medical officer, or something, and he said uh, ecstasy was safer than horse riding, and he got sacked the next day by the government. But it was actually right, factually yeah. correct, so, so, yeah. yeah,
2: but not not the not the agenda that they were trying to that they were trying to kind of push and promote. Um, I was going to say as well that the I, I know we've kind of mentioned the rave scene, uh, Lee. You mentioned that it, reminded you of Enter the void, and I've just written that I've written that film mm-hmm. down because so I must have a look at that. But it it actually reminded me of um, a very different film. It reminded me of 2001. Um, I was kind of um, not hypnotized, but kind of like transfixed. I I was watching it by myself. I had the lights out and, you know, it was just me there. And um, I, I was kind of just, I was, you know, right there with it, you know, for five or 10 minutes or however long it was. Um, were you and, throwing and some thought, shapes, Carl? Were you, were, am, were you shirtless I, in, your, in your living room, throwing some shapes? Come on! I tell you what, I, you 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 have no idea how quickly I was on the I was on eBay, um, you know, looking for the uh, the soundtrack album for a reasonable price. Um, although I I don't think I managed to, to secure one. Um, but yeah, it was. Um, I thought it was brilliant, and the longer it went on, bizarrely, if they get these things wrong. They really drag and they can spoil it, but they, they got they did no, it so no, no, well, no, yeah. and it, and it kept going. Like, yeah. It was like the longer it went, the the better it was. Um, and you're right; at the end of it, you come out and it's just utterly euphoric. Although, as the viewer, you you know, danger's just kind of coming around the corner because this is the towards corner. the end. It's like it begins to get intercut with the police arriving. <laughs> And, you know, Jono's, um, not Jono's brother, sorry, I could get these two mixed up. Spanner's brother and his gang who were who kind of in in pursuit as well. They're on their way. Um, but there's
0: even some comedy in that, isn't it? Because in Spanner's gang, there's a guy who they wronged, don't they, in, in the warehouse. And uh, uh, the, they go to where the radio station is, the illegal pirate radio station, which has been broadcasting. And he get to know the DJ, actually. He was like a bit of a tragic comic. Character isn't he? He's a bit too old to be hanging out with the kids, and he's totally he's totally devoted to the cause. And he's one of those characters you think once this ends, he's got nowhere to go, has he? Once the yeah, rave scene's true. gone, this guy this guy's done for. That's really interesting. He's a bit of a mess.
2: I, I did think while I was watching, it, I thought, I wonder if, if that's like a representation of a real person in, in the mid nineties at this point in, yeah. in history.
1: They interviewed um, in the in the research for the film, they interviewed people that were quite big in the scene at the time. And they, they they sort of took inspiration from real stories. That's why it's so kind of realistic and so gritty. And and you do think at the end of it, when they give the stories of, of the, oh, the, you know, rising, the characters yeah. went on, you, you kind of think, well, I wonder if there's like a little bit of tinge of truth in there, because it's the quite kind of realistic stories, aren't they, for the future?
0: The art is quite sad, actually. Isn't it? I mean, we don't want to spoil them all at the end, but um, every single character—it's almost like it becomes almost like it's. This was a true film you watched, rather than inspiration, because they give you like a little bit of text about what's happened to all of them. And of course, of course, the big one is John and Spanner. But you find out about the DJ, you find out about the the women involved and stuff, and, and it's it's quite tragic. Some of it, um, and it's this. I, I, that's what I liked actually. I mean, there was a bravery in that they showed, it, you know, they could have done it two ways. Like like, like Lee mentioned, could have gone cliche with someone going to really showing all the depravity and people dying of drugs, mm. or they could have gone um, too much the other way and celebrate the drugs and celebrate the people, which it doesn't do both. Does it? it? It kind of, it's quite fair. It shows you an insight and you, you are left your own opinion, whether to admire these yeah. people or whether to, you know, actually look at them and think, yeah, yeah, it's okay. But like the like the DJ guy, he's, he's a bit of a mess. He's um he's he, he's about to drive and he, he drops two tablets, and then he's uh, he's all over the place and he can't drive on the way there. And and this is actually quite a good scene, is it? Because it's where they meet um um Spanner's brother's mate, don't they? In the uh, in the radio station. He's a bit, he was a complete, a bit of a maniac as well, like his brother. And they ups and they, to protect a girl, they upset him and you know leave him behind. And this all leads to trouble. This puts Spanner in the crosshairs, doesn't it? Because then Spanner's brother knows where they are. But I quite liked actually, even though that you know it's it wasn't quite cut and dry black and white characters all the time. Like even Spanner's brother has some humanity, doesn't it? Because when they're in the car, they're in the car on the way to the rave, and Spanner, you know, the other guy in the car is like, you know, Spanner's I can't remember what his brother's called now, but um, his, his little gang are all him into what he's going to do to his brother. You're going to kill him, you're going to die. And it gets too far, doesn't it? He grabs that guy and he just dumps him at the side of the road. Mm. He just takes him out of the car and it's almost, there's a little bit of like, yeah, but it's my brother. Yeah, and they just like
1: hinted a... at that, didn't they? They, they didn't really, yeah. really resolve that storyline, but I did take it from that, him chucking him out of the car, that he was going to, you know go a little bit you know not completely mental on his brother yeah. arrested and everything yeah he, he's kind of uh, hinted at it
0: it was a little hinted at that, that even like you know somebody like you know a bit like i suppose like you know the uh, the robert carlyle character in transporting even a complete psycho has a human side and there's a side that um you know is not cut and dry he's not it's still his brother and that him and spanner have got a shared experience of living in that horrible little tower block yeah. Uh, in in a really difficult
1: situation. I mean, you you right imagine there. his brother probably wasn't a stranger to the police and probably been arrested. He could probably have a memory of his first arrest as well. So maybe he was taking a little bit of pity on his brother. But maybe, maybe we're giving too many too much credit to him. I don't know. These um, he, these,
2: these are characters shaped by their environment. I mean, it's 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 yeah. the, the black and white photography doesn't do the um, the locations any any favors. I don't think because it's um, it was filmed in um, it was filmed in Livingston in Scotland. Um, yeah. In the vicinity of Glasgow, and uh, yeah, I mean, it looks like it looks like what it is. It looks like kind of a rough, you know, rough, rough, rough tower block where um, where Spanner lives, and um, you know, the, these these characters are shaped by that that harsh environment, and it, you know, that's how it's that's how it's presented to us.
0: There's a big thing. I mean, obviously, the director's bias in this because he's from this culture and he's remembering. There's like that universality of people, isn't there? so not when they all come together they're not judged on and it's the same when you know even the boys are maybe not dressed the right way and hair the right way nobody gets judged do they the moment when they're together we got doesn't matter what you look like doesn't matter where you
1: come yeah, from yeah they're just there for the music yeah. aren't they it's, it yeah. doesn't really matter your parent appearance or, or whatever mm. your gender yeah it's just get, yeah. get 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 on the dance floor
0: yeah and he he hits that message quite hard doesn't it? Because like right from the off like you know like Jono's parents uh, well Jono's mum, you know uh, you know, it's talked about Spanner being scum and he's, you know, he's a waste of time. And the policeman's saying the scum as well, is a druggie and the family are a waste. And we need to get away. And even though, if you see, remember the brochure for the house, the movie said so the brochure is like this idealistic, <laughs> yeah. perfect, but with like perfect cheesy family living in this perfect uh, this suburban house. And we all know, you know, the reality of, you know, suburban, uh, and a lot of series do this, the reality of a little tight suburban neighborhood is that you get all sorts there you don't escape uh, the world just by moving to the suburbs so it's uh, um yeah i thought that was really good and you can tell actually there's a lot of thought going into it because it's based on a play isn't it it was a play for a few years i read yeah so and you can tell a lot of the dialogue has really been harnessed and really tightened so that when they made a film out of it you've got some really good Good, mm.
2: you know, juice there. The the, but, the actors are both really good. The leads, um, John O's played by um, one, someone yeah. called Christian Ortega, and uh, Spanner's played by uh, Law McDonald, who actually looks quite different in real life to how he how he appears in the film. And um, <laughs> I think is it John O's mum's played by an actress called Laura Fraser, who I've, I've seen oh, it, who was, not, seen, yeah. seen her in a few other things as well. Um one mm. uh, one scene I really liked is where the rave, which kind of brings the rave scene to an end, where. Um, you know, it's been broken up by the police and um, O finds himself kind of on the floor at the mercy of, uh, of you know, policemen with their, with their coshes, their truncheons, what have you. And, and who's uh, the policeman? He's repeatedly beaten it? by a policeman. And who is it? Mm. None other than, um, none other than Jono's, yeah. O's mum's current um current, policeman boyfriend who seems to take a, you know, quite a, quite a, quite a bit of pleasure in the, uh, you know, giving him one too many, uh one too many hits with his uh, with his truncheon.
0: Yeah, that threw me actually because so up until that point, he's he seems an all right guy, doesn't he? Mm. He seems like he's a decent bloke. He's trying to do the right thing, and but you know, he's a bit of a more. control
2: freak, isn't he? As well, but yeah. by the same juncture, he kind of you know he's the kind of character who kind of comes into someone else's family and then you know wants to kind of take over, which you know is is is, is fine, I suppose. Um, but you know that's 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 a kind of uh, window into his nature, I suppose. Um, so perhaps, I don't know, is is it just the culture of the police? When, you know, when you join up, you just, you kind of got a, a license to do what you want. I mean, we saw it the weekend with the um, protest, the female protesters in Camberwell. And Sarah, uh, no, yeah, so the Sarah, and, yeah, mm-hmm. the Sever- uh, Sarah Everard um, vigil. And yeah. you know, they've, they've, they've got, they've got um, people there down on, down on the ground four four officers holding them down. Uh, getting, you know, there's footage of, uh, you know, policemen swinging. There's no police women there, it seems. Um, have things changed it's since also, 1994? Uh, it's, I, I, I would say not. But We um, worry because
0: obviously um, in England, I mean, if you're hearing this, is, there's also a bill that's trying to pass to stop peaceful protests. Yep. Which have, you know, peaceful protests have been, you know, you know you've know, we seen the movement it, it creates and the positive movement it can create. And to put a stop to that um yeah that's that's so we're back to where beats is i suppose with the uh, <laughs> criminal justice act <laughs> goes around yeah, well, the full circle
2: um but yeah that was well, uh, right. um uh, i thought that was a good scene and later on in the it went when you said it kind of told you about all the characters that we i think some somehow perhaps um John O's mom has i don't know if she's found out about this or if he's confessed. Because the the the, the, the police one knows no, 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 knows yeah. who it is at the end mm-hmm. who he's, who he's been beating on, um, and it, it turns out that those characters don't end up don't end up together, and and that's I, I expect that's probably the reason why. Uh, which it's is, an
0: interesting one, is not it? Because yeah, because the white writing says that John Earl and Spanner meet um, ten years later, don't they? Yes, they meet ten yeah. years later, and yeah, and apparently they have a little chat, and the and they the promise to meet
1: up again, but they never do. Which they is kind of do. I must have done that about six times in my life, where I kind of bump <laughs> into someone and say, "Yeah, here's my number," or whatever. Or yeah, well, it happens, wheel doesn't
2: wheel it? Yeah, I can think of a few people. Um, but, but it
0: made me question that. Obviously, you know, she's broke up from the the um, you know the guy, the policeman. So they were going to move to that state. You don't actually know whether they moved to that state, do you? Uh, whether that was going to happen. I mean, they are leaving that house, so they're going to move whatever, um, the flat, the, the little house they're in. But yeah. you don't know if the Maybe they just moved away anyway, but maybe not to as nice a neighbourhood or anything. And that led to the, you know, the friendships. You get the feeling that knows more... It's the hint that he's more academic, isn't it? Yeah. More chance of, you know, getting out of there. So maybe that's what happened. But, um, and there's also little bits of... Um, love interest in it but they don't let they don't take that too far do they so You have like no. a, a little kissing yeah, yeah scene, it's just but... like
2: you know if, if you met a girl in a club or something you, you know you'd, you'd sneak off somewhere for five or ten minutes and you you might just you know go your own way again after that might you and go find your friends again and have <laughs> a bit of a dance you know that's i think that's that's quite a good good representation of how how it, you know it might have happened like say it doesn't it doesn't linger too much on, on no on see, any she, of that
0: but you know that would be like a memory in a friend's head, wouldn't you? Yeah. You remember that girl? So, like, that's exactly what it is. So, you've got to go on to Carl about uh, the numbers. How I was it just going to say, that,
2: amazingly, this film cost £25,000 to make. £25,000. Wow. <laughs> I mean, uh, considering how good it looks, the music that's involved, um, uh, that's just astounding. I mean, if you look at think about some of the that's films like- that we watched... Yeah. And the crazy amount of money that had been spent on pay dirt, <laughs> and the um, I always forget the name of the tra- the Travolta one. <laughs> What's it called? What's it called? Um, <laughs> the fanatic. The
0: fanatic. fanatic. There
2: you go. The fanatic. There you go. You're right. Um, so we got there in the end. We we know what we've watched, <laughs> listeners. Don't That's worry. We, we we know what we've watched. Believe believe me. And um, and yeah, apparently this this film did make some. Um, it made. Cinema-wise, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing this film's made made some money, like being released on DVD and probably been sold to, yeah. um, you know, uh, TV stations and stuff, and cable channels and Amazon and whatnot. It's a complete know. festival film, is it? Totally. You know, you t- t- it, it. like you said, Rob, it won a few awards here and there, but it, it made like yeah. $320, 325000 dollars in uh, cinema release. So, I mean, even on that score, it's yeah. it's turned a it's turned probably a decent profit. Um, and did did either of you notice that one of the executive producers on this was uh, A1 Stephen Soderbergh? No. No. Uh, well, no, he. I uh, so I looked into this because I thought, why is Stephen Soderbergh of the USA film director yeah. um, involved with this? And apparently it was because Brian Walsh, um, Brian Walsh had directed an episode of uh, Black Mirror, the, uh, the TV oh, yeah. show. And I, I, I think... Steven Soderbergh saw it, and um, they uh, they they kind of met or they met up, and I think um, I think Brian will showed, showed him the the script or told him about his film idea, and uh, he said, yeah, okay, I'll I'll um, I'll put my name to that, you know, get involved, and uh, so that's that's, that's why his name. Advice. I think he's an executive producer, so that's a that's a that's a definite is um, bonus, isn't it? I think if you are if you are an aspiring filmmaker with a with a low budget film. To get a name attached yeah. like that,
0: it's such a passion project as well, isn't it? It's like we did Charlie Bubbles last time, and that was, a, you know, a passion project. Definitely, know, when it's so autobiographical. So and actually, la- the, last two, the last two,
2: the last two films we've seen um, are, are, are both kind of, uh, I suppose, glimpses of life in, in Britain, which perhaps wouldn't be conveyed in mainstream films like uh... Lee. I think you yeah. mentioned this a few weeks ago, like you know, the, or perhaps it was you, Rob, maybe it was both of you, um, you know, films like Notting Hill and Love Actually and, and Paddington, which no, I like. like they're, yeah. they're, they're okay films, but the, the, the representation of England is really kind of... It's a picture box. It yeah, really is, a, yeah. Yeah, real rose, rose-tinted stuff. Of, uh, yeah. <laughs> there's no shortbread in this film, is there? No. there there's <laughs> not, there's not. There's there's no marmalade sandwich here.
0: Well, get, we'll get to the point, I mean, it's, I think I know where it's going to go, but um, it's this, you know... Uh, Will we put in the morgue or not? I mean it's it, uh, we'll go round Carl, um, uh, you go you go first. Um, I think I think I'm fairly safe that we're not going too far. <laughs> let's call let's go. Yeah, for it. Um, I, <laughs> I think
2: no. I think really we said it all. Uh, I, I thought it was really good really impressed with it. I, 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 I liked the way that the rave sequence took me to 2001 um, and kind of hooked me in for a few minutes uh, enjoyed the the, the, good, the good humor. Um, the the underlying sense of danger I felt kind of slightly nervous and uneasy throughout, but, you know, always wanted to kind of know what was coming next. I thought there were really good ideas in it. I like the idea about the uh, the policeman dad beating on his own uh, kind of, you know, prospective um, son-in-law. Um, that's, a, that's a theme that's that's been t- uh, taken from many films from the past, uh, where you end up kind of, you know, inadvertently hurting the, the person who's kind of close to you, um, and um, yeah, just the, the the music made me feel made me feel good. Um, I've not bought the album yet, but I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I can get some spare <laughs> cash. Um, it's definitely it worth definitely worth a watch, and uh, it's a it's a really it's a really really good. And I, I'm not normally like i I'm not a flag wave or anything. You, you know that I'm not, but I'm, it's a good British film. And you know, if you were to say. If someone, if you are speaking to someone who lived in a different country, and you say, "What's a good film from your country?" you'd you'd show this one. You'd, you'd give them this, wouldn't you? And you'd say, "That's good. Yeah, Have a look at that. You yeah. know, that's um, mm. that's a good film from from our country." So let's um, we should we should definitely uh, sing its praises. I, I think it's great. And so, MORG, not a chance, not a chance. Um, <laughs> like um, like the protagonist, uh, maybe it takes a good a good beat good few beats and um and and it's and it's released in the morning you know um with yeah, a few, with a few bruises <laughs> i don't know what, i don't know where this one's going but uh yeah no not in the book for me
0: not at all brilliant so uh lee what why are you going with it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it gave me that kind of um, night out fix that I'm looking for. Really, kind of you do feel yeah, like you, yeah. I think you mentioned Rob that you're on a journey with them, aren't you? Yeah. On, on a night out with the, the, these people, and you know, I felt like I really knew the characters. Yeah. Uh, they were kind of quite quite well rounded, weren't they? You kind of, I think everybody's had a spanner in their life, haven't they? You know, and I could relate to perhaps <laughs> having friends who are a bit from the rougher end of town, who, whose <laughs> kind of home life wasn't quite as. Uh, PG-13 as mine was you know, but they were still great people, they were, they were fun to be around and then you kind of lose touch and uh, yeah, it kind of re- reminded me of that, it's very sweet uh, mixed in with with, with uh, some pretty gritty moments and the soundtrack was fantastic, Prodigy yeah, it was a bit more commercial end of the rave scene but to be honest, sometimes a hardcore rave is a bit too much, isn't it? It's not so, listenable, yeah, is it? <laughs> It's not listenable, some of it uh, that, yeah, I, I like the commercial stuff uh, more than that to be yeah, honest Yeah, give me baby yeah.
2: G <laughs> did you say did you say gina g, gina
1: me. g. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let right. me be your thing um so and, and even a bit of train spotting it you know I, I don't know if you mentioned it carl but it, it's nothing like it's not it's nothing the storyline is mm-hmm. nothing like train spotting but that kind of the, the speech about um you know choose life and you've got you've yeah. got this radio uh voiceover all the way through i mean the, the uh, dj guy giving yeah. his uh his call to action haven't you all, all the way through which kind of reminded me of that a little bit um the only thing i, I, I didn't like was it didn't quite wrap up the brother storyline at the end but I forgive no, me that because they, no. they kind of hinted at it at yeah. it really. um mm-hmm. and there was some poignant moments the bit with his dad um where he kind of realizes his son and i think the message there is you know careful because it could be anybody's son here really who's on the floor isn't it, it could be your exactly. own yeah. Son. Yeah. um and sometimes you have to keep that in mind when you're doing these these jobs so um it's definitely the best i know we're only 10 weeks into the year but it's definitely the best film we've seen this year so far really? and uh, i'm <laughs> going to uh, Create a rave outside the morgue. We've got some dis- dis- yeah, we've got some abandoned warehouses, kind of outside the morgue, so they can go and rave, and they can go on when they when they're done. They don't have to go back in the morgue, so they're, they're, oh, all, they're free. They're free to go.
2: There's quite a few abandoned Brilliant buildings world. around at the moment, aren't there? We could probably use uh, <laughs> old yeah, shops yeah. and things. Yeah, yeah. John Lewis
0: and Fountains, you can uh, have a party. So, um, yeah. So, for me, um, yeah, it's the most of all the films we've done, actually, and of the films I've watched in a long time. For me, it's the, one, the most relatable for a long time. And I think I needed that. Like, you know, we're not at a night out, we're not at a party for anything. So it's, and I wanted to watch, I wanted to do like a rave thing, something relatable to Manchester. But all the rave films, most of them are terrible. And they're so um, glamorizing of everything that I wanted to find one which had a bit of integrity. And when I read about it, straight away I knew the, you know, didn't get it, and I wasn't disappointed. And uh, yeah, I loved it. I loved the characters. Um, I would have liked maybe a bit more about the other characters, but as I said, if they didn't that, like, they would have lost um, lost its beat. You know? I mean, pardon the pun, but yeah, it had like uh, it's it's the journey of the two friends, isn't it? The other guys are, and there is a selfish period in your life where you, you and your friends were. That's pretty much the crux of it, isn't it? You know, family and everything's there, but those on weekends and those nights out, and that I loved his rubbish uh, Saturday job. I loved that because that put me straight back in all the rubbish Saturday jobs that I had, and and how how he all gets the ones you were sacked from. Well, yeah, there's it, a bit, there's a there's a beautiful scene, isn't there, where he has this really really idiotic supervisor who who tells shows him how to turn labels around and bottles on a shelf. Okay. And and he and he just and and John was a little rebellion is that one of the guys not looking he turns them the wrong way doesn't he he turns <laughs> it, it turns them the wrong it turns in the wrong way and I started smirking because I can remember doing yeah, crap you like would that. do that
1: Rob you Tell I
0: can me. remember I can remember being told how to fluff cushions in a Debenhams and then purposely not fluffing them and uh, so, <laughs> so, purposefully so, not um, doing any work <laughs> yeah purposely hiding yeah so um, yeah sorry Debenhams but you didn't pay me anything anyway so right so, So yeah, going yeah for me completely. What I think they would do is you play the rave music, all the zombies gather, and then you beat the hell out of uh, the the zombies uh, whilst you're on e, and (laughs) and you're the you're the party of your life because yeah, it's 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 great. I mean, I I would I would go as far as yeah, it's one of the best films I've seen in a while, and uh, because I watch so much like you know glamorous and massive budgets and. But to see something truthful, which also didn't bum me out, because I mentioned earlier about watching a TV series, you Honour. I mean, it's good, but again, it, it it does suck a little bit of the life force out of oh, you yeah. because it's it's Same. it's so gritty, it's gritty. And to watch something that is gritty but is still life affirming is quite a tricky thing to do. So um, yeah, so beats is great. So that's completely safe, and it's uh, it's not in the market. So um, I think where we're up to, I think it's Carl's
1: choice right. now. I'm not sure. No, I don't I think, so. think I think it's, it's Lee like, next. Lee?
0: Oh,
2: yeah. 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 I'll, I'll bet Lee's got I something don't. ready. Yeah.
1: I've got a treat <laughs> for you two. I've got a total treat for you two. It's not a good movie. No, <laughs> not good. It, may, not make, you it may be a new member it. of the morgue, um, <laughs> but it's still, it's colourful, and it's still really, really interesting. You might have seen a few tweets from about a month ago about this movie and it's called candy and it's a 1968 movie oh, yes. and it's got a ringo star it's got richard burton marlon brando james Colbert, walter Matthau, uh yeah. it's it's sugar ray robinson it's it's brilliant it's um yeah. the the soundtrack's fantastic it's it's trippy it is totally not a pc it kind of yeah, there's some awkward moments in there, but there'll be plenty to, t- to talk about. And, uh, yeah, definitely. We're gonna okay now, so you're saying
2: it's not very well. Uh, Lee, I, I, understand long. There are, yeah. I understand there's more than one one version of this. Is there a particular version that we need to see?
1: Good point, yeah. We'll work that out. We'll work it out. <laughs> it, we'll work it, out. <laughs> it might be interesting, actually, if one of
2: us, if one of us watches. I think there's a 90-minute version, isn't there? And there's one that's like two hours. Yeah. I'll go for the 90-minute one. <laughs> You can watch a two-hour one. <laughs> fair play,
1: fair play. Yeah, you might you might want to cut it short. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I'll do
0: that. I'll do that to so finish on. I don't know if anyone's going to put themselves through this, but there's like a, a four-hour Zack Snyder Justice League film uh, where it's just all basically all the all the footage they threw on the floor is put back in. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> if you if you really want to punish yourself, you can watch um, watch all the cut footage for like four hours. But yeah. Oh, I've, I've not those it.
2: I have to those i have i not seen it at all I'm, I'm, it's a big cinematic uh, blind spot for me like the the whole marvel universe dc universe stuff i really have not touched a superhero movie since probably batman <laughs> batman uh, which one was it batman forever i think was probably the yeah, last well, that, superhero that's film that's enough to put anybody off yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> no that's that's probably the right it's good so um yeah that's it that's a wrap for t- tonight so you know thanks for listening anyone who's listened through this and and we'd strongly recommend as you've heard to go out and find beats and make sure when you do find beats it's the uk film it's 2019 it's not the netflix movie about um a guy into hip-hop uh, yeah, in chicago <laughs> in chicago which um and they've made beats two of that as well so it's not that film which uh, that film, which is full of every single cliche you can imagine. Um, it's beats and it's uh, Scottish actors. So if it's not Scottish, don't watch it. Um, I'm not Scottish myself. So so that's it. So we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up and say goodnight. So thanks so much for listening.
2: Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye, everybody.
1: Rave on everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>